pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Do you love the Food Network? Because I do. I could watch it all day long. I look at all of the contestants on various food programs, the, the, the best chef, the, the junior chef. My children love it, especially my daughter Lucy, who is quite a chef herself. So it was quite a surprise when I learned that the winner of the, quote, worst cooks in America is charged with murder. Not just murder, but murder of a beautiful three-year-old little girl, Victoria, that she, the worst cook in America winner, had taken in to her home as a foster child. This little girl was covered in deep purple bruises all over her body. I don't know why so many of us are lulled into a false sense of complacency or familiarity with people we see on TV. Who are these people? Who is this woman? Let's start with a 911 call. Greenville County 911, what's the location of the emergency? Yeah. We have an emergency. Our daughter is um, not, it's unresponsive. She drank a lot of water. We're trying to like, see if she already get out. What address are you at? Okay. Emily, I'll get you over to EMS to line up. EMS and fire, what's the address of your emergency? Okay. And the phone number you're calling me from? Is anyone there tested yeah. positive for COVID-19 or had a high-risk exposure to a COVID-19 positive patient? No. Tell me exactly My what happened. My three-year-old daughter is choking on water right now. Your three-year-old daughter is what? Choking on water right now. We need help immediately. Okay. I can, we can help on the way. Okay. Um, she is, so is she coughing like choking or no, is she's she not under water? 
She's not coughing, but she's choking on water. Wow. I've never heard of your body being totally covered in deep purple bruises from choking on water. But yet in the same breath, he says, no, she's not choking. That she is unresponsive because she, quote, drank a lot of water. Then she's suddenly choking on water, but yet she is not coughing. Okay, I would have a field day with that. How, how, 53 seconds of BS. BS. That 911 call is a lie. I mean, just the first seconds of it, you can tell that's a lie. Again, I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. And I want answers to what happened to a three-year-old little girl this family insisted they bring into her home to, quote, complete their family. Now she's dead. And I guarantee you it is not because she drank too much water. With me, an all-star panel to try to make sense of it. First of all, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, also with Crime and Scandal True Crime podcast, Levi Page. Daphne Young, a special guest joining us, the National Chief Communications Officer at Child Help Organization. Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, death investigator, Joseph Scott Morgan. Dr. Jen Mann, a marriage family therapist, host on VH1, The Dr. Jen Show on Sirius XM, author of The Relationship Fix on Amazon, Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags on Amazon, host of Today with Dr. Wendy on KCBQ, and very special guest joining us, Michelle Earps. This is Little Victoria's aunt, and you can find her at change.org slash justice for Victoria. And you can say that again. To Michelle Earps, this is Victoria's aunt. Miss Earps, how did you learn that this beautiful little girl, just always this big, beautiful smile, was dead? We found out on January the 19th when the Robinsons had been arrested. It was five days after Victoria's death. And we found out because the news story broke and people that knew us were sending us messages and asking, hey, is this your Victoria? So you found out five days after she was dead? Yes, ma'am. When you first learned this three-year-old little girl was dead, did you know how she died? Based off of the news stories, we, we got a pretty good idea. It wasn't until we, you know, started getting more into this. You know, um, I, I'm confused about something. Daphne Young, National Chief Communications Officer with ChildHelp.org. When you put a child, a helpless little baby girl like this, in a foster home, what, nobody goes by to check and see what's happening? Did nobody notice the child was being mistreated and covered in bruises by the worst cook in America winner? This was one of my first concerns when I heard about this story because we have a rigorous process that involves teachers and doctors, uh, the foster parents, uh, the biological parents, and a whole host of people who are professionals at child help who check in on that child, who look after that child. 
And when you first look at this case, okay, you've got a reality TV star who was a teacher and did charity work and had CPR certification and uh, promoted an equity household and shared the children all dressed no, up whoa, for whoa, church. Whoa, wait, wait, you're, you're going so fast. Wait, what did you say? What's an equity household? Well, she was talking about children of different races living together in harmony. She was talking about the children going to church together. And one of my concerns when I see that and something that we would have looked at um, is that social media presence because we ask our uh, foster parents to keep these kids off of social media. This is not your story. This is their story to tell. And we want them to be safe. Well, wait a minute. We want them to Hold have on. anonymity. Daphne. We've gotten a ton of photos of little Victoria with the, quote, worst cook in America. Just FYI, if you guys didn't already know this, the show takes 12 to 18 contestants, referred to as recruits, through a culinary boot camp to earn a cash prize. The winner gets $50,000. Um, the other contestants, apparently there's a $25,000 prize. In any event, you're going to get between twenty five and fifty grand, from what I can tell. So this is a woman that's been on TV, made it through this whole reality show to get, we think, twenty five dollars or $50,000. And there's tons of pictures of her online with baby Victoria. And they're smiling. And I mean... She looks nothing like she did in the, her earlier pictures because her hair is pulled back very tightly. But she's in all these pictures of them in front of a Christmas tree, big smiles. Well, you know, actually, Jack, if you look at this Christmas tree photo, Victoria's not smiling. A lot of the other people are smiling, but Victoria's not smiling. So all this is on Facebook, Daphne, and you're saying they're told not to post? Absolutely. We tell our foster parents, uh, these children are in the system. They deserve their privacy. They deserve their own past and their own future. So we ask them to keep them off social media. Uh, we have check-ins. We have check-ins with the child specifically so that there's no other person around when we talk to that child. So what happened between all of this posting and supposed check-ins to the sweet little girl, the sweet little Tori Rose? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We are talking about the brutal death of a three-year-old little girl that goes into the home to live with the winner of a reality show, West, Worst Cooks in America, bringing home a purse of twenty-five to 50000 we think. Speaking of the postings, Daphne Young, I'm going to throw this to Michelle Earps. This is Victoria Rose's aunt. I'm looking at all these postings. She's got bruises on her in these postings. I'm looking at one where she's got a black eye, a three-year-old little girl, and another one, she's got a bruise on her neck. And I guarantee you, Joe Scott Morgan's going to look at this one. I guarantee you're going to be able to get finger marks on her neck. I, did you know this, Miss Earps? Did you have any idea about these photos of her online, and she's got bruises, visible bruises? No, we did not know anything about those. Um, when the last time we saw these children, because it was Victoria and her two brothers that were in this home, 
last time we saw them was in February. They were placed in this home for adoption. Um, and it was like, you know, a closed adoption. There was no contact. We did not know who they were, where they were or anything. Had we known and seen all this, we would have alerted DSS immediately. Hey, what's going on? The kids have bruises like crazy. There were pictures posted. She even had them on TV at one point. Um, there's a picture that I have seen that she had on one of her social medias where Victoria was asleep in a TV studio and she had commented about how everyone thought she was such a good little girl. You know, it just turns my stomach. Turns my stomach. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's also one picture of Victoria that you can see a bruise that is all the way around her wrist. It doesn't look like a handprint. It's a very even bruise all the way around her wrist. Like maybe she had been restrained at some point. A three-year-old little girl. Tiny, tiny little angel. Straight out to Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. You can also find him at Crime and Scandal, True Crime Podcast. Levi, just start at the beginning. How did this monster get a hold of this little girl? She adopted Victoria. Uh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Adopt? I thought for a moment that this was a foster situation. Daphne is, Young. She was the foster parent. But well, you said adopt. The adoption wasn't set to be finalized. Um, and actually, the adoption was to be finalized according to what we heard when we were at the bond hearing last week. It was going to be finalized the day that they were arrested. Okay. This is what I want to know. Daphne Young. Who do we just hand out children like there are a dozen eggs at the grocery store? Here, you can have one. You can have one. And to go through an adoption, isn't that a lot more intensive scrutiny and uh, an intensive process? It's just like they're handing out children to foster care without looking into the home. And I thought they had to go through all sorts of hoops to finally, formally adopt a child. And even I can find this on Facebook. I didn't even really look that hard. And here are pictures of her with bruises. They don't look online. Unfortunately, they're supposed to go through lots of hoops. Um, we have a very system at Child Help, but we've actually added extra rules that are just our founders' absolutes that have nothing to do with the law, including 24-hour on-call support for these children. But this is a situation where it looks like it just passed through screener to screener. There was a double life being led. And so many children are just taken out of a house sometimes for small things like neglect or, and that's not small, but in terms of the abuse that they suffered and went through it, and it appears that happened in this home, boy, it would have been wonderful to just get the family some great services and support reunification in this case because it was horrifying. It, It doesn't take a lot to find pictures of this little girl online covered in bruises around her neck, a black eye. I don't think either one of my children, they just turned 13, have ever had a black eye, knock on wood. So how does she have so many bruises online and DFACS, Department of Family Children's Service, didn't even bother to look and they're going to adopt these children in? And the day of the adoption, the parents are arrested for murder? Wow. 
That's some flawed process. But who is this woman? Who is the, quote, worst cook of America that brings home tens of thousands of dollars off a reality show, painting an entirely different picture? I'm going to go back to you on that, Dr. Jen. Don't let me forget, because in these Facebook photos, a lot of them, they're presented as this perfect family. Oops, what about the bruises? Uh, But I want you to take a listen to Jarvis Robertson, Fox Carolina. Listen. Area Robinson says being a competitor on Worst Cooks in America was a confidence booster and also educational experience, she told me earlier today. They did film back in February in New York before the pandemic started. Now she's just happy to be home and her life has changed for the better. But now I truly am not the worst cook in America. But she is the winner of Food Network's Worst Cooks in America Season 20. Yes, I am putting mayo in a glove. Ariel Robinson lives in Simpsonville. She's a wife and mother of five and a big fan of the show. She told me through the years she's been teased by her husband and her sister because of her cooking. After some thought, Robinson decided to submit to become a contestant. You don't have thick skin being in this family. Your feelings might be hurt, but when you done hurt at all, it was just another day. She describes the experience as a surreal moment for herself, trying something new and exciting, but on a grand stage. Well, she's about to try something real and new and exciting behind bars for the rest of her life, if we have anything to do with it. This child covered in bruises, she may no longer be the worst cook in America, but by God, she may be the worst mother in America to stand by and let this happen to her child or even beat the child herself. How was this child covered in so many bruises? Just got Morgan, just hearing her voice, all happy and jubilant, sitting on that pile of money she got from that reality show, is just like nails on a blackboard to me. How badly was this child beaten? Uh, beaten badly, uh, Nancy. As you had mentioned, uh, you know, she's covered in bruises, and these bruises are in my estimation, not all fresh. The, this is an ongoing event that has been going on for a while. Uh, and one of our, one of our guests uh, just a moment ago had mentioned this kind of linear bruise that she had around her wrist. Can you and slow let down, me please, you, for all of what, us that aren't yeah, death sure. investigators that have not been to about <laughs> 10,000 death scenes? Just slow down just okay. a little bit. Jackie's having a really hard time understanding what you're saying. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jackie. Yeah, the you know uh, our guest a moment ago had mentioned this bruise around uh, around the wrist. Uh, that could very well be a restraint mark. But let me throw out something else to you. When you're struck with a belt, uh, many times I've actually seen belts wrap around appendages, and it will leave a mark around this area. Now, this is a fragile little girl, Nancy. I mean, she's tiny, diminutive, looks like a little little angel. And you're going to use this kind of force over a protracted period of time. She's going to be suffering physically on a a myriad of levels here. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, I want you to take a listen to Taggart Huck at... W-Y-F-F News for Listen. 
Ariel Robinson sat down with WYFF News 4 in August after winning the Food Network show Worst Cooks in America. She told us then the winnings from the show would go a long way to help her and her husband, who recently adopted three more children. I just know that the Lord had his hands on me and he had a purpose for me to go on there. The former middle school teacher was an aspiring comedian booked by Justin Williams to perform at a Pickens County barbecue event back in November. She was hilarious. She was super sweet to everybody around her and she expressed a passion for uh, working with children and uh, working, you know, with just the community in general. Really? Because in the day that little three-year-old Victoria died... Ariel, uh, we're not on a first name basis, 29-year-old mom, Ariel Robinson, allegedly beat the three-year-old little girl with a belt. You know what? I'm against gun violence. But if I caught my husband with a belt on one of my children, there would be a shootout like you would not believe. A belt on a three-year-old little girl? Dr. Jen Mann, you're the family therapist. What is happening? Well, obviously, child abuse. And I think that, unfortunately, in this country, there are a lot of families who feel like it is acceptable or somehow okay or justifiable or disciplined to hit their children and hit them with paddles, with belts, with all kinds of things. And it is, it really is a very slippery slope. And what we found is that there was a study that was done by the Injury Prevention Research Center. They found that only 2% of mothers who didn't spank their children reported physically abusive kinds of punishment, whereas 6% of mothers who said they spanked, compared to 6% of mothers who said they spanked their children, then when we looked at parents who spanked their children using objects, the odds of the child being abused went up to 12%. So it really is like a gateway drug to very serious child abuse. And I think that for far too long in this country, families have found that, that hitting a child to be a form of discipline, and it's not. All it does, best case scenario, is scare the child, and that does not teach discipline. It harms cognitive development. All of the studies are showing this. It doesn't teach children to respect. It teaches them to fear. And you you run the risk. Parents get out of control. There There's nothing to trigger a parent like a, like a child. And parents don't realize their strength. Adrenaline is going. And parents do horrible things. And terrible things happen to children where they get injured or even die. You know, to Daphne Young, National Chief Communications Officer, I'm thinking about this three-year-old girl that was beaten with a belt? A belt? Did you hear what Dr. Jen Mann just said, Daphne? Absolutely, and not just a belt, but a flip-flop, a paddle, and I quote her uh, by adopted father, he said, a flip-flop, a belt, a paddle, whatever. That meant whatever is at hand this child was being abused by. I agree wholeheartedly with both of you. Corporal punishment does nothing but shame a child. They don't teach them anything. But what shocked me is it seems like this poor little girl was just 
grabbed and beaten with whatever was at hand in a moment of fury. I'm telling you, Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags. Take a listen to this, Hour Cut 12A. This defendant told first responders that Tori had drowned by drinking too much water. The firefighters can also see unexplained excessive bruising on her body, deep purple bruising on her abdomen, Judge, bruising on her ear, abrasions on her face, bruising down her back and up and down both legs. Purple bruising on abdomen, finger, face, back, and up and down both legs. Wendy Patrick, what about it? I'll tell you, you know, at first glance, if if you just came to the house and saw this and took the photos and showed them to somebody, they would say, yep, this is child abuse. This is a pattern of bruising in different stages of healing. You know, Joe Scott said something that I've seen and you've seen in our cases over the decades is this pattern of consistency over time. And when the pattern includes literal pattern injuries, by that I mean marks that are consistent with objects like a belt or, God forbid, an iron or or something that wraps around and constrains the blood vessels, that would indicate child abuse. But did it in a case like this? I mean, this this couple, I mean, this is not the, these are not the axe murderers next door who seemed nice but kept to themselves. I mean, these were public figures. We're talking about reality show stars, not the kind of figures you would expect to be involved in child abuse. So sometimes if injuries are observed in a family that you would never suspect would contain abuse, we start looking for excuses. Well, what else might have happened? And the wherewithal to lie about it, Joe Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, death investigator, to tell 911, first of all, that she basically drowned because she drank too much water and then say she was choking because she drank too much water, but not coughing. My point is, it's inconsistent with the forensic evidence on the child's body, but the wherewithal it took to lie about it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 obvious physical evidence that's going to present before these medical professionals that show up, you know, where the EMTs are, are getting there. They're thinking, you're saying that she's taking on too much water, but... How, how in the world does this child have all these bruises? And let me tell you one more thing here, Nancy. I, I, first off, I refuse. I don't care what you say to me. I refuse to refer to her as a mother of any kind at this point in time. As far as I'm concerned, this reality show thing that she's got going on, she's a prop master. And that's the purpose she was using. This woman had a master's degree in education from Clemson University, Nancy. Average pay in South Carolina, $53,000 a year. That doesn't include benefits. Why in the hell is she not employed? That's my question. You know, what's going on with the other kids in the house? I think she's setting these kids up, and that's why she can dehumanize them. That's why she can take a flip-flop, as the father said. She can take a belt. She can take a wooden spoon. She can take anything she wants to, and she can beat this poor little angel as much as she wants because she doesn't care. The child is a prop for her, so she can abuse her any way that she wants to. And it's sad. This child wound up, I can almost guarantee you, with some kind of closed head injury. That's why she started drifting off. Nancy, she probably had a bleed within her brain. And can you imagine the suffering this child endured? I mean, she's already away from her family. She's been you know, placed here with these folks are treating her nothing more like some kind of object, and she dies all alone. 
to Michelle Earps. This is little Victoria Rose's biological aunt. Michelle, when you hear the suffering, and you know the day that Victoria Rose, just three years old, was beaten dead, you know that was not the first time. This child had to have been living in a house of fear ever since she got put there. Yeah, you could see it in the pictures. Victoria's smile never reached her eyes. Um, And one of the pictures that is posted a lot I absolutely hate is her holding Victoria in her lap and they have a matching clothes and Victoria's leaned away from her. I have a five-year-old daughter. There is not a single picture of me holding her that she's pulled away from me. She's leaning in. There are pictures of her with my family holding her and she's leaned in. She was, you know, I mean, it, it was awful. And at the bond hearing, cause we were there um, at the courthouse for that. And at the bond hearing, whenever I was hearing all this and heard that he had come in and told her she had gone too far. She sent him to the store to get stuff to bring down bruising that you can buy over the counter. I didn't even know such a thing existed, but they did. They gave her an Epsom salt bath and everything like that. And the only thing that I could think of that breaks me to this very second is how long was she suffering before they called for help? How long did she suffer? And if they had called for help right away, would she have made it? So they actually, this woman, the reality star, Ariel Robinson, sends the husband, 34-year-old Jerry Robinson, out to the store to get anti-bruising, anti-swelling meds to bring down all the bruises on. Oh, dear Lord in heaven. We also apparently there's stuff you can buy over the counter for such things. We also know that the, quote, worst cook in America reality show winner claims that Victoria Rose suddenly went limp and she, Ariel, began the Heimlich maneuver. Ariel also claims she started pressing on the child's stomach and that that is the reason she had her husband call 911 and that that is the reason the baby is covered in bruises. Take a listen to our cut 12B. Police talked with this defendant to get an account of what Corey's day was like, Judge, on January 13th and then the 14th, leading up to when this defendant, uh, rather the co-defendant, called 911. This defendant told police that the night before, Corey had thrown up on the way to church, but that after that they went home, she had no real issues, and that she went to sleep. Then the next morning, this defendant says that Corey ate pancakes. While she and her husband, this defendant and her husband were home alone with the child and the other four boys, this defendant's two other biological children and Tori's brothers all went to school. Um, she outlined for police that Tori started asking for a water judge and that the co-defendant filled up her cup several times. That's all a lie. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We are talking about the brutal beating death. I'm not a medical examiner, but I know that's what this was, of a three-year-old little angel girl, now dead. In the 911 call, you hear, 
daddy claiming she drank too much water and died. Then you hear him say she was coughing on water, choking on water, but not coughing. It gets worse and worse and worse. You just heard that the so-called mother said the little girl, just three years old, had 12 cups of water, which led to her death. But take a listen to what the lead detective has to say, our cut 13. The lead detective on the scene, uh, investigator Scott McGaugh, began to ask additional questions about the extensive bruising that was all, all, all over Tori's body and asked this defendant, how did that get there? As to the abdominal injuries, this defendant stated, quote, I did that. And then she also said, quote, I was pushing really hard. The officer continued to ask about the extensive bruising up and down her back, her body and both legs. This defendant then stated it, that the victim's seven-year-old biological brother had anger issues and had caused those injuries. The officer asked what a seven-year-old possibly used to cause such extreme bruising, and this defendant stated he'll pick up anything and hit her. And now you hear the so-called mom and dad blaming the bio brothers also being adopted into this family to the victim's biological aunt, Michelle Earps. Now we hear them blaming her brothers for beating her dead? Oh, yeah. That, that makes me really angry because the one that they blamed, he is probably the sweetest, most docile, ch loving child ever. And um, he would never... I've never seen him raise a hand to anyone in anger in, at all, ever. And honestly and truly, he's seven years old. He's not strong enough to cause as much damage as what was done to Victoria. And if he was hitting her, why didn't they step in? These people are 200, 300 pounds each. You can't tell me they can't stop a, a seven-year-old. And that brings to mind uh, Daphne Young, National Chief Corps Communications Officer with ChildHelp.org. You know, when John Bonet went missing and people insisted that the brother was responsible for her death, that never made sense to me. Statistically, that is extremely rare, very rare. I mean, if you look at the brother Burke, he was pale and thin and frail looking. John Bonet looked like she had so much life to her, she could have probably snapped him in half. I never understood people's claims of sibling murder. It's statistically highly unlikely. Same thing here. I don't believe that for one minute. Plus that morning, according to them, she's sitting at the breakfast table eating pancakes. And I want to point out, she says the brothers were at school at the time and that she chokes on water or drinks too much water. But now they're trying to blame the brothers that were at school. It's crazy, Nancy. And I, I'm first of all, Michelle, I'm so sorry to, to hear your tears and, and to have you sit here and participate and listen. And I know it's that awesome. you're speaking on behalf of Tori Rose, and we so appreciate you being here and sharing your heart. Um, you know, this, this blaming of the little brother, uh, it shows a pattern of manipulation. Uh, these quote-unquote parents, uh, as you say, not parents at all, but perpetrators, uh, had a history of this manipulation, showing a beautiful face of 
friends and family and love to the cameras. And then behind the scenes, it sounds like a house of horrors. That brings me to another question. Dr. Jen Mann, a family therapist, uh, host of the Dr. Jen Show on Sirius XM, author of The Relationship Fix. I could go on and on. Dr. Jen, why do people lie so much on Facebook? Well, I think that people try to present a picture-perfect story. They try to be, you know, some people try to be inspirational. Some people try to be aspirational. And it, it seems like these are people who really lived a double life. And that they're presenting on Facebook that they are these lovely church-going people who are learning to cook on TV and, like, you know, being parents. And the truth is that they were abusers and that they were fostering and adopting children and beating them and harming them. And that there was something tragically, horrifically wrong with this Facebook picture. You know, to Wendy Patchett, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags on Amazon host today, Dr. Wendy KCBQ, all of these Facebook photos of her, the little girl smiling, but covered in bruises, all of that can come in at trial as similar transactions, proof of course of conduct, uh, MO, modus operandi, um, frame of mind bent of mine to show this little girl and probably her brothers had all been beaten the whole time they were in this foster family. Yeah, that's true, Nancy. You know, the puzzling thing about the Facebook photos is most of us consider Facebook to be a highlights reel. It's an airbrushed version of reality that intentionally seeks to portray families, relationships in as good of a light as possible. To have photos on Facebook of bruising Mm. is completely puzzling because, yes, it would be something that would be admissible. On the other hand, is it also going to be then used by the defense as some kind of evidence of obviously nothing was going on or they wouldn't have posted it on Facebook? Facebook. You know, you and I have seen this go both ways in terms of something being uh, exculpatory and inflammatory, depending on the argument used to explain why in the world these photos were online to begin with. Guys, take a listen to our cut 15. This is the prosecutor, Christy Kednocker Sustovich. Listen to what she has to say. Several days after uh, the arrest of both of these defendants, Judge, Mr. Robinson's attorney contacted the state and said that his client wished to make a statement. Austin Robinson told police that he had not physically ever hurt Tori, but that this defendant would, quote, spank and beat her with different things, including a belt, paddle, flip-flops, or whatever. The interview was two hours and uh, wide-ranging, Your Honor. But as to the actual injuries with Tori, he stated that this defendant beat Tori with the belt. He was outside and he could hear it. When he came inside, he saw the bruising and looked at Ariel and said, you've gone too far. He said that they put Tori in an Epsom salt bath. And he says he went to CVS to try to buy some medica- uh, medication for Tori to bring down the bruising. Your Honor, law enforcement did secure surveillance video, and it does show uh, Jerry Austin Robinson buying that medication over the one. EMS was called to the residence roughly around 2 p.m., Judge. So let me understand something. Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, they're like two rats on a sinking Uh ship that start biting each other and clawing over each other to survive one extra minute. I'm definitely seeing a lot of this, pointing the finger at each other. So am am I correct that the father 
Jerry Robinson is now blaming Ariel Robinson, the reality star. You're correct, Nancy. Remember in that 911 call, he said she was choking on water. However, two days after that 911 call, the police interviewed him for two hours, and he did confirm to them that Ariel Robinson beat the child to death, that she was beating the child that day, and that she had beat the child in the past with a belt flip-flop, shoes, whatever she could get her hands on. And another inconsistency that they caught the parents in, they tried to blame Victoria's brother for some of the bruising on her. They went to one of the teachers of one of the little boys, and they said, is he aggressive like the foster parents are claiming? And the teacher said, no, he's a wonderful kid, very docile, no behavior issues, no aggression. So these Foster parents have been caught in a lot of lies. A lot of lies. Guys, take a listen to our Cut 18 and our friends, Cody Alcom and Victoria Carmen at Fox Carolina. Disturbing new details in the death of three-year-old Victoria Rose Smith. We have been following her death since it happened on January 14th. She was living at home in Simpsonville with these two foster parents and her brothers. One of those foster parents have gotten a lot of attention because she's a former Food Network star, but I think more disturbing is the fact she was also a teacher. Her name is Ariel Robinson, and her husband Jerry is also charged in this case. Both have a charge of homicide by child abuse. And new information about how the young girl died was presented by the prosecutor during Robinson's bond hearing today. Investigators say they found bruises all over her body. They say that Robinson told them Victoria was choking on water at the time, so she tried to do the Heimlich, which caused some of that bruising. But the prosecutor says Robinson's husband described a beating with a belt. A beating so bad, he says he could hear it outside the home to Michelle Earps. This is little Tori Rose's aunt. What was your reaction to the bond hearing when you heard all this evidence? I became very angry with him. I was already angry with him and angry with her, but I got even more angry with him because he didn't stop it. He didn't report it. It was happening all along. He didn't do anything. And I don't know what kind of man that is. He is not a man. He is not a man. He is not a father. He he deserves just as much as what she gets, in my opinion. They really do need to go down Together, the two need to be tried together for murder and stew in the same pot in front of the jury. The two are still behind bars after that bail hearing. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at High5Casino.com. High Five Casino. Tired of routine Walgreens trips? 
Get rewarded for shopping with Drop. With Drop, you can earn free gift cards on groceries, gas, and more. Download Drop now and use code DROP55 to get $5 in points. Join Drop today. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.